Well, I'm excited to, to finish a series we've been doing around here called Hit the Reset Button. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But I did want to just share something with you. So this next week, uh, we're going to be starting a new message series around here called God Wants to Heal You. And so I'm going to be doing four weeks on healing. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard sermons on healing, or maybe you have, or maybe you haven't heard them in a long time. But I have just felt compelled by the Lord to speak on this subject. And so I'm really excited about it because I think it's the right time for us. We've actually seen some miracles in our house recently. Like God has done some mountain-moving things. And so I believe 100% that there's an anointing on this house to see more and more people healed. And so I'm excited to see what the Lord does with our offering as we give to him this message series. And so I hope that you'll come. Maybe you know some people that are, are struggling. Maybe they've been in a situation where they've been longing and needing God's healing touch in their life. And so I just want to say, tell them. Share the link with them. Have them come out and be a part because I believe God is going to move in a powerful way. I, re I just really do. And so if you'll put your faith with me as we go into this next four weeks on healing, we want to we be able to, to help people see that not only does God love us and, and not only does God want to save us, but I 100% I that a God who loves us also wants to heal us. Like he just does. He, it's a part of his nature. And so, so we're going to spend some time with that. So I'd love for you to just invite some people as we jump into that. But let me pray for us before we jump here. God, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you are the one that has everything that we need. Just for a moment, we want to slow down in your mind's eye. Just imagine the Lord grabbing hold of you as a loving father. And just remember that song that maybe you sang as a kid. He has the whole world in his hands. He's pulling you close. And he wants to share with you something special today. Would you open yourself up to that possibility? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, like I said, we're going to be finishing a series called Hitting, the series is called Hit the Reset Button, but this particular message is on two values that we have as a church. We've talked about two others, the importance of knowing God and the importance of finding freedom. But today we're going to spend a little time talking about discovering purpose and making a difference. But before we get to that, I need to read our series verse or verses. This is in John chapter 4, verse 31 through 33. The context of this is that Jesus' disciples are out finding some food for everybody to eat. And Jesus is doing what Jesus was normally doing. And that is that he's doing the ministry that he was called to do by his father. And so I wanted to start reading here in chapter 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus. Everybody say urging. 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 They were urging Jesus Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you do not know anything about. And then the disciples did what probably you and I would do. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? Makes sense, doesn't it? What Jesus does after this is he starts to share what I would just call like a little sermonette, a little small sermon. He, he takes something very practical, very practical like eating, and he turns it into something very spiritual. If you notice, the disciples were urging him to do something. Have you ever had anybody urge you to do something? Yes? Sometimes you have people urge you to do bad things, and sometimes you have people urge you to do good things. And what I want to say is that in this moment, the disciples were urging Jesus to do something good. 
Like, there's nothing wrong with eating, right? Praise God for that. But what he was trying to help them to see is that sometimes what can happen is good things, even good things that people urge us to do, can sometimes get us off track, can sometimes take us away from the most important things. And so good things can distract us from our mission. And that's the thing that Jesus wanted to make sure didn't happen because Jesus was focused, laser beam focused on his mission. And so he was never going to allow anything in this world to distract him from his mission, even if it was a good thing. Now, you may not know this, but hopefully you know this by now if you've been here over the last few weeks, is our mission as a church is to see people transformed by Jesus. I could do a whole series just on the word transformation, but really what's going on there is there's a change, right? There's a change occurring. And the Bible says that when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you become different. You become a new creation, the Bible says. And so it's so important we get this because what happens is in our lives, we can get that part and then forget the rest of the parts. And, and so we get stuck here and we don't continue moving. And so this series is really about helping us to stay focused, not just on the idea of transformation as a one-time event. Yes, I get saved by Jesus because I put my faith in him but that there's more to the story because the reality is, is when we give our life to Christ, most of us don't die afterwards. You see what I'm getting at? Now there are some people that do, but in this particular case, I, I, all of you, as far as I can tell are alive. Yes. Everybody good. All right. I just, I just want to make sure. And so that means that God has more for us to do. And so, as a church, we want to see people transformed by Jesus. And the way that we do that is helping people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. And so today, we're going to talk about discovering your purpose and making a difference. And so, knowing God will lead to new, is what we've said. It leads to new. It leads to new life, and it leads to an ongoing new that all of us need to experience. And we've shared very fancy words, justification. In other words, I'm justified before God. I'm saved because of the righteousness of Jesus, what he has done on my behalf. And then there's an ongoing new that we all need to see. And this is where another fancy word comes in, sanctification. And sanctification is the process of me becoming more like Jesus now, not just later. And so this is a part of knowing God. And so when we know God, this new begins to happen. Knowing God will lead to greater and greater freedom in our lives as well. And I would just say to you today, if you're not more and more free today than when you got saved, then there's a problem. Do you understand? Because Jesus is committed to seeing us get free. It's one of the reasons the Holy Spirit was given to us so that we would have the freedom and the power to overcome sin and even overcome disease, sickness, things like that that get in the way of God's plan. And so we need to know God. We need to find freedom, but we also need to discover our purpose and make a difference. And so I'll spend the rest of our time on that. In Matthew chapter 5, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the four Gospels there. And so Matthew is the first one, starting in chapter 5. Starting in chapter 5, I'll read this to you. And I'm reading out of the Living Bible. I don't know if you have that or have ever read that, but it's kind of a paraphrase. Listen to this. The Bible says in verse 14, 
You are the world's light, a city on a hill, glowing. Isn't that good? Glowing. I like that. Glowing in the night for all to see. And then the Bible says, don't hide your light. Some of you are remembering a song back when you were a kid. You're like, this light of mine. Oh, you hear? I sing it different because I got saved in a black church. So we sing it like this. This light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This light of mine. Come on. I don't know. The other people, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I don't know what your tune is, but you maybe know the song, right? And so we're here, we're seeing this. He's saying, don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see. I like that. I think of neon, like glow. Like a, you know what I'm talking about? Just a glow of neon so that they will praise your heavenly father. So what's the point? What's the point of glowing? What's the point of shining? The whole point is that people would know the God that you know and that they would praise him like you praise him. You get it? And so part of discovering our purpose is knowing that that is what we are called to do. You are called to glow. You were called to shine. You were called to be a light in a very, very challenging and dark world. Has any of you over the last six months or years said, man, this world is messed up. Come on. You've probably all said it, right? And probably at no point did it register in your brain. Well, yeah, it's messed up and it's your job to fix it. It's your job to be a light in the darkness. Not just complain about it being dark. Listen to this in Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. I love this. He's, the prophet is writing and he says this. He says, arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Isn't that good? See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people. You've probably felt like that. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I love that. I love that image that, that as we shine, as we glow, as we do what we're supposed to do, as we fulfill our purpose, that not only will people stand up and want to give praise and honor and glory to our great heavenly father, but that nations will come. That nations and kings will be attracted to the glory of God. I love that thought that as the kingdom of God is being built, more and more people will come to know the God that we worship. And so Jesus is the light of the world, the Bible says very clearly. In John, we're, we're told that he's the light of the world. And, and the Bible also says that the light, Jesus, lives inside of who? Us. And so the light lives in us. And so, so if Jesus is the light of the world and the light of the world lives in us, we are purposed to shine. That is what we are designed to do. We are purposed by God to glow, to be, be a, a, a light on a hill 
in the midst of the darkness. And so when everybody else is losing their mind and everybody else is being overwhelmed by the darkness around us, we can stand there and say, I'm not going anywhere because I'm purposed for this. I'm designed by God for this. Because my job is to glow. My job is to shine. My job is to be the light. And here's the question. That if the people of God who are given that assignment don't do their job, what happens? That more and more of the world becomes darker and darker and darker and darker. That's the reality, isn't it? And so see, see what I'm getting at, how important your purpose is? It's so important today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's so important today that you get your purpose Because it not only has impact locally, it has impact nationally, and it has impact globally. I would even go as far as to say it has universal impact. Like in the galaxies. I don't even know how that happens, but but I'm just believing that God is the God of the galaxies. That's what the Bible says. And so my impact is supposed to ripple out from this relationship that I have with Jesus. But here's the tragedy that I think has occurred over the years. And this is important we see this. Is that what, what's happened is that we've professionalized or the professionalization of ministry. Do you understand? In other words, like me, for example, I got saved. I went to school, got a degree in religion. I got a bachelor's degree in religion. The organization I was a part of said in order for me to be legitimate, I needed to go and get a master's of divinity. And so in order to be a legitimate pastor, (laughs) I had to get a master's of divinity and that somehow that would make me good. I don't know. Now I'm much smarter because I did it. But, but, But in reality, That was a part of the process of becoming more and more of the minister or the professional. Matter of fact, they even call my degree a professional degree. Okay, that's interesting. Now, I'm not bagging out pastors that do that because clearly I'm I'm for education. The, The issue is that what happens is sometimes we create a distance between pastors and the people. And what happens is subtly is that the ministry that God has given the church and his people can somehow find itself in a position and not in a person. Does this make sense? And so what happens is is people stop taking responsibility for their job. Because whether you know this or not, if you're a follower of Jesus today, the Bible says that you are a minister. You are a minister, not just me. You are a minister. Now, you may not know that, but it's important that you know that, that if you are a follower of Jesus today, the Bible says you're a minister. Listen to this in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a, say, chosen people. Chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may... Declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Did you know that's your job? Did you know if you're a follower of Jesus today, it's not just my job to stand up and shine. It's also your job to shine. It's all of our jobs to shine. Matter of fact, that word minister comes from a Greek word uh, and it's, it's diakonos. Okay, and it's like, it's where you get the word deacon. 
You've heard this word in church, deacon? Well, that word comes from this Greek word, and it really just means servant. In other words, that we're all called to be servants. We're all called to serve. We're all called to a priestly task in the church and in the world. Did you know that? It's true. And I think we've done a disservice to people in the kingdom of God sometimes is when we separate things out to where people don't realize that that is their job. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't positions and roles that the Bible very clearly talks about and the importance of leadership within all of that. I'm just saying that we can't ever forget that all of us are called to be ministers. Here's the second thing I know if you're a follower of Jesus today is this. A follower of Jesus has a specific purpose. You have a specific purpose that God has given you. Listen to this in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship. In other words, you were created by God. He made you. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. To glow. To shine. You were created to glow. You were created to shine. You were created to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. I love that. I love that every time you do something good, you are stepping into your purposed life that God has already planned for you. I love that. I love the fact that my God is thinking about the things that he wants me to do and he's uniquely, uniquely put me together with that task and said, this is what you do and you can do it. And here's the thing. Sometimes what happens is God gives us a task and we don't think we're uniquely gifted for the task. Have you ever felt that way? Here's the point. It's not about what you feel. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit in you to prepare you and equip you for what he has tasked you for. Do you see what I'm getting at? A lot of times we pull back because we've never done it. We pull back because we're afraid of it. We pull back that we feel like we can't do it, right? And what happens is we then miss the purposed activity, the purposed good activity that God has called us to. And here's what I'm saying to you today. Friends, if you've been purposed for it, by God, he will equip you to do it, my friends. He will give you everything. You may feel weak, but that's okay. Look, anytime the Lord stretches me, I feel weak. Anytime the Lord is stretching anybody, you feel weak. You feel like, I can't do this. And the Holy Spirit whispers in your ear, says, I got you, kid. Don't worry. I'm with you. The Bible says that he's with us. And so, as followers of Jesus, we have specific purposes to fulfill. Do you know yours? Do you know what it is? And if you don't, well, let's investigate. Because you have a general one, clearly, that you need to shine. But you also have some specific ones based on your giftedness and how God crafted you. And then number three, a follower of Jesus is designed to make an eternal difference. Not just a temporal difference. Not just a difference in your city, but an eternal difference. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 13. And I'll give you some context in just a moment. As we read it, it'll make more sense. If any man builds on, his found, on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. What's he talking about? In other words, he's saying, if we build on these things, it won't last. It won't last. 
So what he's trying to get us to see is that we need to be building on an eternal foundation. And the only thing that's eternal, hear me now, the only thing that is eternal in this life are people. People. They have a spirit that lives in them, and this spirit will live either with God or away from God eternally. So nothing in this world matters more than people. That is the internal vestment that we are all called to make. And so I just ask you, how much time are you spending on the temporal? And how much time are you spending on the eternal? Because Christian, your job is to populate the eternal more than it is to work on the temporal, even though the temporal is important. And so we all know now that we need to make a... We need to discover our purpose. We need to know what that is. And so what I want to say to you is if you don't know what that is, we have something around here called Elevate that will help you take that step. Go ahead and get signed up. Matter of fact, it starts next week. It starts next week if you just want to get signed up for that and see how God will meet you there. Because here's the thing. If you don't activate your faith, it's not going to come to pass in your life by osmosis. So you've got to put your faith and say, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to sign up for Elevate and see how God meets me. And then what will happen is he'll start to show you what that purpose might look like. Here's the other thing. Starting not in September, in October, I'm going to be preaching an entire series on living purposefully. Living purposefully. I think it'll be helpful to you, but we're going to start a whole series on that as well. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that people need to learn what their purpose is so that they can begin to activate it for the kingdom of God. So, so we've talked about discovering purpose. Now I want to spend the rest of our time talking about making a difference. Listen to this phrase. The best and optimal way to make a difference comes from, listen to this, transformed, fully free, purpose-filled believers. That's a nutshell. Put a bunch of dashes in there, and I think that's legal, grammatically. But I just put it all together. Transform fully free, purpose-filled believers. When you're thinking about the best and most optimal way to make a difference, that's what you're looking for. And so I ask you this question. Are you transformed? Are you fully free? Are you purpose? Do you, do you know this stuff? Because if you don't, you won't be hitting the targets that you need to be hitting. Our God is not a God of chaos, people. God is an intentional God. He is a purposed God. And he wants you to hit the bullseye. He wants you to hit the things that you're called to hit. And so we have to make sure that we're spending time learning those things so that we can be transformed, fully free, purpose-filled believers who spend their lives loving God and loving people. That is what we are called to. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus lived and died a servant. Do you know that? I mean, he was king of the world. He was with God in the beginning, the Bible says. At creation, Jesus was with him. The Bible says that Jesus sustains this world with his powerful word. That's significant. Do you do that? I don't do that. So Jesus is a big deal. But what Jesus did when he became a man is he lived before us as a servant. He turned everything upside down. Because see, our world is predicated on, isn't it, upwardly mobile? Survival of the fittest. You know what I'm talking about. The smartest, the wisest, the, the, the most good looking. And see, Jesus turned all that upside down as he lived 
and died before each one of us in this world as a servant. Remember this word minister? Remember this word minister, servant, servant, person that serves? That's what Jesus did. Listen to this in Matthew 20, 26 through 28. Whoever wants to become the greatest among you must be your servant. Guys, these are the words of Jesus. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave or last, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I love that just in that passage of scripture, we see that Jesus was called to serve and he was willing to give his life. He's a servant and he's a giver. Very clearly, the Bible says that, that we are all called to be servants. We are all called to be givers. You know, in our leadership training that we do as a church called Ascend, and so if, if at some point you identify that you're a leader or you want to lead in our church, there's something that we have around here called Ascend. And in this training, we talk about one of the most important things for a leader to have in order to be successful in the kingdom of God. And that's simply this, humility. Humility. Matter of fact, I would say that humility and teachability are the key to everything. Humility and teachability are the key to everything. And we actually have our leaders read a book called The Key to Everything. And it deals specifically with teachability. You're welcome to go pick that book up. It is a great read because it'll challenge you on some of the things that you think you deserve. How'd that hit? Because see, I just want to let you in on a little secret. You deserve nothing. The only thing you deserve is nothing. And we thank God for his grace. And any position you're ever given or any activity of leadership or any purposed living that you are given by God, it's a gift. It's a gift from the Father to you. And the only way you not only receive it but keep it is humility and teachability. And so as we close here, I think it's important that that as we think about applying our purpose As we think about making a difference, there are four things that you probably have heard me talk about before, and I just keep repeating them. Um, And that is the four T's. Uh, The four T's. The first is our testimony. You are called by God to share your story. That's what you're called to do. You're called to share your testimony so that you can make a difference in the lives of people. Did you know that there are people that God has uniquely designed you to reach? That's true. Your story, your experience in life has, ha, ha, is uniquely designed to help someone else see the gospel. And if you don't share it, then there's a chance that that person misses it. And I just want to say to you, share your story. That's one of the ways you can make a difference. Another way that you can make a difference is by your time, by giving your time to making a difference. And so that could mean that you're making time to go to Elevate, or it could mean that you're making time to serve at one of our outreaches, or it could be that you're making time to serve as a greeter in our church, or you could be making time to hold a baby in kids' ministry, or it could be, could be that you're making time to be the greatest worship flag waver in elementary kids as you possibly can be. Did you know they do that? (laughs) Worship flags and worship things, and it's just a party. I mean, some of you need to be doing that right now. And I see your face, and you just need it. 
it'll help you. It'll help you experience joy again. Some of us adults, man, we just need some joy in our life. And the best way to do it is get around some kids. Number, number three is our talents. We got we to gotta use our talents that the Lord has given. And, and, and you know, the Lord reminded me of this, is that in the, in the story of the talents, the person that didn't use their talent, and this is, this is part of the story we don't like, is God actually takes their talent away from them and gives it to the one that was faithful. And I just want to say to you, don't waste your talent. Don't let it be taken from you because you decided to bury it. You use your talent. Whatever God has given you, use it for his kingdom. And I promise you, you'll be blessed for it. And then number four, last one is your treasure. Your treasure. All of us have something to offer. All of us have something to give. We have our testimony, we have our time, we have our talents. But if you have a job, you also have treasure. And if you have a job, you need to be contributing to the kingdom of God at a level of 10%. That's what the Bible says. And if you're not doing that, well, begin to move in that direction because God wants you to make a difference. Because, look, every time we're able to do something as a church, we do it because of the faithful giving of this church, of this house. Like we were able to recently, and I've shared this with you, we were able recently to give a good amount of money to a church that was going from portable to permanent. And we were able to help them move in that direction simply because as a group, we can do more. And there's a church now that isn't portable, that is now permanent, and they have kid space because of your generosity. You see what I'm getting at? And so that's the kind of stuff we're able to do. It's not just about paying light bills, though it is. It's also about making a difference in our community, making a difference in our world, and making a difference in our nation. And so I want to encourage you to practice sowing those four T's so that you can begin to experience making a difference. Because I'll tell you this, if you get this right, if you get knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference right, guess what you'll experience? Joy. Joy. And how many of us don't want some joy, right? We all need it. In a dark world, we need it. And that's how you find it. And so as I close, finally, some of you may be new. You may be newer and you've never attended uh, Elevate. I want to encourage you to get signed up for that. I think it'll help you take some new steps. If, if today, if you're in the room or you're online watching right now, if you are an inactive e-teamer, and the E-team is just a, our servant team that we have here at, a church, at the church. If you are an inactive E-teamer, please send an email and say, I want to get back in the game. I want to get back in the game. Whatever, whatever that is, we want to help you get re- either back to where you were or help you find your new one. Because, guys, the church is not done. Just because we're dealing with a pandemic or have been through a pandemic, come on, people. We're not done. Let's shake it off. Let's shake off the fear. Let's shake off everything that keeps us back or holds us back. Whatever it is you got to do. I've told you, wear a hazmat suit to church if you have to. But let's get back in the game. And so send an email and say, I'm ready. I'm, I'm willing to help. Put me somewhere. I can help. Even if you won't leave your house, I got something for you to do at your house in Jesus' name. All right. That was a little pep talk for you inactives. And then for any active e-teamer, I just want to say, keep it up. Keep it up. And if you feel at this point you need a new assignment, please let us know. 
Because we don't want you just to be doing something that you don't find any joy doing. We want you to find something that you really do enjoy. And so let us know because we want to help you find that new assignment, okay? All right, let's just pray. God, we thank you so much for the fact that you're, you're going to take this offering, you're going to take these words, these seeds that were planted, and you're going to begin to build your church again. You're going to begin to build the kingdom of God in this place, in this city, in this nation, in this world. God, thank you. Thank you for the people you've given us. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, just blessing over every person in this place, every person that calls elevation their home. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for a greater awareness of your presence and a greater blessing on their lives. Perhaps you could relate to some things I was talking about when it comes to just maybe being inactive. Maybe you sat down because you were tired. Maybe you sat down because you were sick. Maybe you sat down for some other reason. I just want to pray for anybody that feels that way. God, I thank you so much for every person in this room, everybody that's hearing this prayer, but God, specifically for anybody that has felt like they've been taken out, that they're sitting on the bench somewhere and they don't know how they're going to get back in. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, would you just protect their hearts? Would you help them to know that they are a son or daughter of the most high God and that they're loved by this church? That we want them in the house. We want them in the ministry. Father, I ask for the spirit of God to fall on anybody today that's feeling discouraged, that feels doubt around those things. God, I ask in Jesus' name, that they would experience a flood of your spirit, a liquid love that pours over them in such a powerful way right now. Fill us again, God, with your spirit. Father, I want to pray for anybody in this room today that's never experienced the love of Jesus poured out for them. The Bible says that Jesus came to serve. And the most clear way that Jesus served you and me is that when he gave his life as a ransom for you and me, there's no greater love than this. And I don't know if that's your story. I don't know if you've connected with that, but I just want to say to you today, the Bible says, that if you will put your faith and trust in Jesus and what he's done for you, that he will make what's called the great exchange. He will exchange with you his righteousness for your filthy rags. And that when his righteousness comes upon you, you will be saved. You'll be given a bridge back to the father and that you'll spend eternity with him. And so that's my heart for you. As a pastor, I want you to reach for that. If you're here today and that's not your story, what I want to do for just a moment is give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to give you a chance to respond to this message. The Bible says if you'll put your faith and trust in him, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that he'll come and he'll save you. And so right now, what I would like to ask you to do, whether you're here in person or online, on the count of three, I just want you to make a statement. 
I'm not going to have you stand up or anything. I just want you to raise your hand up as a way of signifying that you want this. Because I know this, if you can't raise it here, you won't raise it out there. And so I just want to ask you to take a step of faith today. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand up if that's you. On the count of three, one, two, three. Go ahead. Just raise your hand up if it's you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Anybody else? Hands going up, possibly online. You can put your hands down. Church, we're all going to pray together. Nobody's, nobody's going to pray alone in here. And so I'm going to repeat a prayer, or I'm going to share a prayer, and I'd like for you to repeat it. And so everybody's going to say this prayer together so no one feels alone. And so let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you set me free? Will you be Lord of my life? I surrender to you today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Change me from the inside out. Give me a purpose. Give me a future. I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? Come on. It's so good.